coming up, Mark Beneke joins me to recap the Century Tournament of Champions. We also get into Bryson DeChambeau giving us more content that is just too good to pass up. We also discuss the Ryder Cup. Uh, we just give sort of a brief look at what the standings look like, who might be on this team. Uh, that's something we're going to be doing throughout this season. Love the Ryder Cup. Can't wait for that. And then we also previewed the Sony Open. Um, hoping this week goes a little bit more successfully than our picks last week. Uh, none of our win bets sort of panned out. Um, but you're going to have that in golf. And uh, can't wait for this week. we got a full field. It's a good field. And we've got a good mix of players. Uh, so another week in Hawaii. Uh, before we get to that, here is Swimming Into View. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Your Best Bets. In this episode, Mark and I are going to recap the Century Tournament of Champions, which wasn't exactly all champions. We had a pretty good tournament last weekend, though, and we're also going to talk about some other items that are going on in the PGA Tour, as well as a preview to the Sony Open. Uh, Mark, welcome back to the show. What's up, Phil? Thanks again for having me. Happy to be uh, happy to be on with you tonight. Thanks for joining me. Happy New Year to you. Uh, let's get into the recap of the century uh, tournament champions last week. Uh, we had a pretty good tournament. There was it was a good Sunday uh, as far as entertainment. A couple we had about three or four or five guys that had a chance to win. We had a Justin Thomas run at a, at, at kind of a come from behind victory. Uh, Harris English, Ryan Palmer, Joaquin Neiman came out of nowhere, um, and this is sort of a culmination of things for Harris English for the last four or five months, where really he's been one of the ten best players in the world for, since August. And uh, so it certainly surprised no one that he finally won a tournament. It's been eight years since he's won. And uh, I was kind of thinking about this last night. This, you know, the Justin Thomases of the world, the Dustin Johnsons, Rory McIlroys, and even to a lesser extent, Colin Morikawa and, and Victor Hovland, those guys are anomalies, really. And Harris English is more of the thing that is common on the tour where a guy might win, and he might not win for another five years. Yeah, you know, I think you're right, Phil. Look at a guy, I draw parallels like a Harris English with Charles Howe III, obviously got back into the winner's circle last year. With, uh, you know, with the college players, obviously Harris English had a great career at Georgia. Um, you know, came out on tour and was labeled the next can't-miss person. You know, I think it just speaks to the depth of the talent that's on uh, the PGA Tour right now. Um, you know, College golf success, you know, people are, the, it's kind of more becoming a global tour, and we, we knew it was trending in this direction, but uh, with the depth of talent, um, with the developmental circuits, I think is, um, you know, you can thank the success of the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, there, there's just so many players that are coming, you know, virtually off from, from off the radar that, that you know, their, their games are ready to compete when they do arrive on tour. 
Yeah, and, and like you mentioned, Harris English comes out of school from Georgia. He's he's labeled as one of the sort of the can't miss guys, and for a while there, he was he he didn't miss. He won twice early on in his career. Um, his last win in 2013, and then he goes through a stretch where he really really struggles, and he has to actually go back to the Corn Ferry Tour, get his card that way, and then. It was around the restart last year, last summer, is when he really started putting it together and playing well. And he's got a great golf swing. He's got great touch around the greens, and he's he's a really good putter. Um, so this might just be the start of kind of a second act for him. Uh, I mean, he has all the tools, uh, certainly, to be a top 20 player, which he now is ranked inside the top 20. Uh, do you see this as sort of a, a run for, for Harris? You know, I do, Phil. I, th- I think you can, uh, looking at, at somewhat recent history, look at a guy like Steve Stricker. You know, Stricker um, maybe did not have quite the same same uh, fanfare coming out, but, you know, experienced quite a bit of success early and then fell off the radar. Um, and then, you know, I understand Harris English isn't in his 40s yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he, he's got all of the um, – you know, all of the attributes that, that can contend week in, week out, you know, to your point, uh, same, same type of thing with Lee Westwood. Again, fits more along the lines of, of that Stricker timeline, but there's no reason that Harris English, you know, can't be a force to be reckoned with. I think that, um, you know, he, he's surrounded himself with a lot of, you know, out of the Sea Island group, um, you know, uh, I don't. I, I'm. I'm drawing a blank on his instructor, but I know Harris mentioned in his post-round interview with Todd Lewis Sunday. He said, "You know, my instructor never gave up on me. I've got such a great team around me uh, down at Sea Island." So, uh, yeah. I mean, I look for Harris to to continue this great play. I mean, he's w- w- such a good ball striker. Obviously, I think um, you know a, a fundamentally sound golf swing. At the end of it, his finish is a little bit. I don't know why that's sticking out in my head, but. To me, he gets it into a little bit of an unorthodox position at the finish, but um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and, and criticize his golf swing. But no reason, uh, you know, looking ahead. I know maybe later on we're going to touch on the Ryder Cup. I mean, this this is a guy that you know could be a contributor for years to come in uh, in the team events for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually just reading today about about his golf swing and and sort of his instructor. It's Justin Parsons. Uh, shout out Justin. I'm sure he's listening. Hey, um, you know, there's also this thing that he does when he finishes the swing. He just it kind of just looks like he's unhappy with every shot. But of course, every shot this past weekend was was flushed and uh, right down the middle and right in the middle of the green. So. Uh, really impressed with what he he's been doing and, and kind of glad to see him finally put it together and get a win uh, for a while it looked like it it might go in Joaquin Neiman's favor who uh, put up a, a great final round he's 21 years old but it feels like he's been around for five years he doesn't get talked about in the same fashion as uh, the Morikawa's Wolves and Hovland's but he's actually at least younger than a couple of them and he has kind of arisen to a top 30, 40 player. Um, seems like he really excels in the wind, and we did have a windy day Sunday out there. Um, what's your impressions of Neiman? <laughs> you know, I, I love his game, Phil. I think that, um, you know, I, I think he certainly, uh, you throw him into the mix with, with that young 
young crop of international players, um, like an Emiliano Grillo. I think I think they broke onto the scene roughly uh, the same year. To be honest with you, I think Joaquin Neiman. You know, he's he's going to win his major championship. Obviously, it's uh, as you mentioned, it's hard to believe he is only 21 years old. Um, you know, I think I think unrelated from from your point on Neiman, uh, the. Sunday, as the telecast was winding down and the final group was on the 18th, did you notice how Justin Leonard and Terry Gannon, they were really after him about getting warmed up. You know, they kept, they kept saying, man, if obviously uh, John Wood was new addition to the, the Golf Channel NBC coverage team, you know, John Wood said, hey, if this was my guy, I'd have him on the range. You know, I'd, I'd show up with a golf cart and say, hey, we're going to go hit balls whether you like it or not. Uh, I, I found that to be a little bit strange, but uh, no. As far as his talent level, I mean, he's he's right there, and uh, you know, like like a lot of these good um, young young international players, I think they might have a little bit of competitive edge that I think sometimes um, you know, not to get into a deeper point, but I think they have a competitive edge that that the young American players might not be arriving on the tour with. Uh, to your point about the. The, the telecast as far as the comments about him not going to the range. I, I thought it was a bit odd too. We're not, I mean, I could see it if it's a guy that's, you know, in his forties or something, need, need a little warm up. We're talking about a 21 year old kid here that, I mean, it, it wasn't like he had been sitting for two hours either. So, um, it was, it, it, yeah, that was a little annoying. I thought I, and I actually like Terry Gannon a lot and, and Justin Leonard's okay. Um, I actually, John Wood, I, I like his uh, addition to the telecast, and I thought him and Bones do a really good job just overall from a, from a different perspective. Um, uh, Neiman is one of those guys who, when he gets hot, he just makes a ton of birdies. And I saw, I think I saw he made 30 or 31 birdies this last weekend, and of course that's insane. Um, but this is a guy that's going to be around for a really long time, and I, I expect him to... I expect him to, you know, do do his fair share of winning. Uh, kind of in the mix as well, Justin Thomas. He was in it all weekend, but never seemed to really have his A game. And uh, I think that just kind of shows the caliber of player that he is. Probably his B, B-minus game. He hit it all over the map for a while there in the middle of the tournament. Um, makes a run on Sunday, and he's, he comes up one birdie short. Um, I mean, we're still expecting huge things from JT this year, right? Yeah, no, no doubt, and I think obviously not. Uh, you know, JT played with uh, with quite a bit on his mind Sunday, um, but no, I, I I don't look into it. You know, I think I think his game. You know, if we look back at the father son championship, obviously I know it's an unofficial event, but it was kind of neat to see how him him and his dad interacted, and and again, albeit a meaningless event. You know, certainly hit hit all the shots down the stretch, and hit, he'll be right there. I mean, as as the season progresses, you know, they'll they'll go to the West Coast, and and JT will kind of round into form, and then I think his play will will get better in Florida, and uh, I mean, he'll at the top of the list to contend when they get to uh, when they get to Augusta National in in April. Mark, I want your your thoughts on on two items. One, the and, and I don't know if you do this, but I I follow the PGA Tour app. Even if I'm not, or if I'm watching the golf, and uh, even if I'm not, so either way, I have the app up. I'm watch, look at the scoreboard, especially with 
the variety of bets I have and, and so forth. The app midway through Sunday's round was just frozen. Um, it didn't update, and um, I can't I, – I, and I've talked about this before with Johnny. I can't believe we're in 2021, and the PGA Tour has an app that's still so archaic. And I also want to talk about the coverage. Thursday – I'm I'm so excited for this tournament. You know we're we're in cold Indiana and we have this beautiful golf course uh, out in Hawaii and it's amazing and it makes everyone just sort of, golf fans excited to see. And man, the coverage doesn't come on till six o'clock and there's no reason for that because and and I know there's rights issues and I know it's it's you know financially driven, but man, they got to work that out where when. You know, these guys are, are teeing off at 3 Eastern, 4 Eastern, you know, our time. That this needs to be at least through the app or something so we can see live golf for the first time in four or five weeks. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you there, Phil. This is always, um, you know, it was always a long, you know, kind of a point of contention with the Masters coverage in April. Now, in recent years, you know, it's certainly gotten better with, with you know, first tee to 18th green coverage on Sunday but uh, yeah especially like you said I mean I know with ESPN plus getting involved with some PGA Tour live um, you know I'm not uh, not privy to those negotiations but you look at a network like the Golf Channel I mean I know especially with um, you know their changes here in recent weeks since the first of the year moving moving their studio from Florida but you, you think okay if if Golf Channel and NBC have this great partnership, obviously uh, early round coverage specifically, you know, that's kind of what the Golf Channel's for. Um, so no, I, 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 I'm with you 100% there. Um, as far as the app, you know, the, the app actually, I, I don't know um, if TourCast came out last year. I, I think when it debuted, it was really, really neat, you know, to be able to see, um, you know, the virtual ball flights, et cetera, from every player in the field. Um, I was not watching the app Sunday, so I, I can't, uh, you know, I didn't experience any of the, any of the um, connectivity issues. But, um, yeah, I mean, you look, at, you look at with where we're at and with gambling, you know, as you mentioned, you had quite, of, uh, quite a bit of action on the, on the table. I mean, uh, sports fans, consumers in general, in this day and age, if you look at, um, you know, even even look at like uh, the match when they came out with the the in-game live odds. Um, you know, this is all data that, if they can fine-tune and make it, uh, you know, make make the user experience um, a little bit more convenient. I think it's only going to help. So yeah, definitely a priority. I think the tour w needs to address. But uh, in, you know, I I think the groundwork's there. It's just a matter of fine-tuning at this point. Yeah, and I, I say that sort of ignorant of, of of the full picture and understanding of, like I said, of the of the covered of the agreements, you know, set set forth by the network. So, I just it's frustrating as a fan to always be trying to look for golf when it, it should be available more when you have the best players in the world playing. Um, Mark, I want to touch on, on Bryson DeChambeau. Johnny and I discussed him last week on the pod, and I'm not sure if you if you heard our comments about he was sort of our one of one of our big six items that we talked about for 2021. And uh, 
man, he just keeps delivering the content. The you know the first week that we're out here in twenty twenty one, he was uh, after Thursday's round. He was talking about his um, his sort of obsession with, you know, you know the swing speed, ball speed. So he he worked. He's been working with uh, Kyle Berkshire, who's world long drive champion. Um, and you know he he was saying he recently hit uh, two hundred eleven mile an hour ball speed. Um, this earlier in the week on the range and um so he's been working with this guy over the last couple months as far as just trying to get to this unfathomable goal um and he get, he just gives these lines that i just i i, I read and then i have to read a second and third time because it's it's so ridiculous um but he talked about how there's points in and working with this guy that he he nearly blacked out um <laughs> and he he doesn't want to reveal too much because you know he doesn't want to give away the secrets um but he also talked about he says this he said i don't know if you've ever experienced a runner's high or something like that where you get these endorphins and that's what breaks your neur- neurological central, central nervous system down i guess and that's a great thing and over time you keep building it and you keep pushing it and it just keeps going up and up mark what the hell is he talking about <laughs> Phil, this is why this is why he he debuted as the mad scientist uh, on tour. You know, I think I, I have no idea what he's talking about. And you know, I I was with you. I actually listened to uh, some of his post round comments on Thursday, and he was talking about how he was like he was like, man, I hit seven iron into eighteen today. Okay, that matters to me. Like it just stuff that um, you know your tour average tour players i mean they wouldn't they wouldn't think of saying stuff like that um uh, as as far as the endorphins and the runners high feel i i don't know it does sort of align with if you recall at the uh at that strange 2020 version of the masters sort of lethargic kind of i i think at one at one point after day 2 he he said he was complaining of some dizziness um so it all makes sense um you know, with, with this obsession, like you said, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think it is an obsession with, with speed and distance and, you know, Brandel Shambly, who I know is sort certainly a lightning rod, uh, for in, in, in the, in the golf, uh, in the golf realm, you know, Brandel was asked how, how he felt about it. And Brandel said, man, I can't get enough of it, which kind of surprised me. And it was refreshing for, for Shambly to have that take, um, but I mean, you know, for him to say that he wants to consistently reach ball speeds of 200 plus miles per hour in in competition, he said once he gets there, he's going to go down the chipping rabbit hole, and he's just going to go on and on and on. So, you know, the only thing I can think of, you know, the only thing I can relate it to Phil, it's like in Madden or PGA Tour, NBA 2K. As kids, we would create this. Uh, this legendary character, you know, it would be the the guy who's six eight, three hundred fifty pounds, runs a four two forty. You know, Bryson's really sort of creating this mythical um, character. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, uh, we look at we look at Thursday's round uh, from Kapalua. Obviously, he shot sixty nine four under par and. You know, he he played alongside Brendan Todd, and again, Brendan Todd, albeit pretty 
pretty average, uh, you know, and we say average, you know what I mean, kind of your rank-and-file tour player. Well, Brendan Todd scored lower than Bryson. Granted, one day, and I know over the course of the year, it's going to, you know, Bryson and, and certainly a lot of the experts will point at analytics, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not everything, but if he continues on this, on this path, you know, who knows what he can do? And, and I think it is interesting. Like Brando was saying Thursday, he said, it's only a matter of time before these long drive guys, you know, uh, tour players today are going to slowly start incorporating, uh, you know, swing characteristics and tendencies that you see on out of these long drive guys. And, you know, when the right person comes along and matches everything up, yeah, it, it could be scary. But I think you know the thing that i'm concerned about with bryson is uh, sort of like sort of like the tiger effect you know all of a sudden if these golfers start training like nfl players train and like nba players train you know i i think their ceilings in their late 20s early 30s yeah they're going to be um <laughs> you know certainly forces to be reckoned with but you know i i think what's what's great about the game of golf is you know you look at look at the great great champions uh, of the past and, and I think longevity you know plays a large part of you know each each individual player's legacy in the game and I just don't see you know Bryson putting his body through this talking about blacking out etc I just don't see how long it's going to last but you know while uh, while it's going man it's going to be fun to watch blacking out thing I, I just picture him just with this guy and, and hitting ball after ball as hard as he can and I don't know about you if I hit 20 drivers on the range um, that's enough I mean my back starts to hurt you know so I can't even imagine how many he hits to um, you know in, in a session um, but man the content machine just keeps flowing with him I love it um, it's not going to stop that's the best part he, he also talks about how he's Eventually, he's going to go down the chipping hole, the chipping rabbit hole, and, and try to get better at his chipping and wedges a lot better. I, I think he needs to do that now because uh, he was really I, he he was my biggest bet this weekend, and he hit it good enough to win. He just he he didn't chip well. He certainly didn't make enough putts that were makeable putts. So uh, I'd like to see him kind of balance out his focus, and because he could be dominant if he could, you know, at least his wedges become tour average or slightly above tour average, he's going to be nearly unbeatable. Um, Mark, we could talk about Bryson literally the rest of the podcast, but I want to touch quickly on the Ryder Cup standings, and obviously the Ryder Cup was supposed to take place last fall um, up in Wisconsin, um, but it did not because of COVID-19. They pushed it back to um, – 20, the end of 2021, um, I guess it'll be in September. Um, and, and the way it's shaken out, and I'm going to talk about the American team, is there's a lot of really, really good players that are in contention for this team. And there's going to be a lot of really, really good players that don't make this team. And um, kind of looking at the standings right now, um, you know, you got DJ, Bryce, and JT as a top three. Brooks is still in there. And you got Xander, Morikawa, Webb Simpson, Harris English, uh, Reed and Finau round out the top 10. Um, and we're not even talking about guys like uh, Matthew Wolf, Patrick Cantley, um, and then obvious names like, I mean, 
Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods. They're not even sniffing the top 20. Um, give me your impression of the American team and where this might, where you think this is headed over the next few months. Um, obviously, there's six. The top six make it on points, and then the top six are, or the I'm sorry, the top six make it on points, and then there's six captains picks. Um, do you think this is going to be a case of Steve Stricker trying to balance out, you know, veterans with, you know, young players like Morikawa and Wolf? Yeah, Phil, I, I think I think you're correct in stating that. You know, my my opinion is that Stricker is going to kind of balance this lineup, as you mentioned the. The top six right now, I mean, it's literally uh, a who's who. I mean, with Johnson, DeChambeau, Thomas, Kepka, Shoffley, and Morikawa in that top six. You know, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see that that list. Um, I, I know there's so much golf to be played between between now and the, and the points cutoff date. But, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of movement there in the top six. I think it'll be interesting, though. You know, say 10, 15 years from now, this this year, 2022, or excuse me, 2021, you know, I really think it's going to be a year that, that, that American golf fans kind of look back at and say, okay, this was the changing of the guard. I mean, I, I think that, you know, unless, unless he does something crazy, Phil Mickelson's going to be left off the team. I think at, at, at his age, um, you know, you hate saying he's past his prime, but but it's just a it's a younger younger man's game now. Um, so yeah, I mean, even even look at a guy like Ricky Fowler. I think it's going to be interesting how how Ricky plays. You know, is is it possible he gets into the top six? Of course it is. But uh, you know, you're going to be looking at uh, you know some some stalwarts that are going to be sort of uh you know they're going to be best friends with stricker all summer just trying to to get in um you know to try and try and get work their way onto the team but no i think you know i think tiger um barring any uh physical setback with his back you know i i think the relationship with tiger and stricker you know i i certainly expect uh tiger to be teeing it up um at the Ryder cup but it's just going to be interesting to see see how it plays out you know looking a little bit down the list um you know i, th I think you're going to see guys like adam long uh you know joel damon even i mean these, these are guys that you know wouldn't move the needle per se but you know uh, these are sort of the consistent uh american talents that if, if we're looking at um you know occurring Ryder cup points i mean these are the guys that that play a lot of golf have a lot of opportunities to score these points so i, I think the team's going to look uh pretty different probably um you know for a casual golf fan the, the it's likely they're going to see this team you know they're going to see the lineup and they're going to kind of eh, you know scratch their heads a little bit but you know certainly players that uh that are more than capable but uh, i think this will really be the year that you know the team kind of kind of makes that shift I'm gonna. I would bet my mortgage that Adam Long and Joel Damon are not making this team. Um, I, I will go head to head with you on that <laughs> one. <laughs> um, listen, we know we know the following guys are on this team: DJ, Bryson, JT, Brooks, Xander, probably Webb is a sure thing. The way he's been playing the last two years, that's six guys. Morikawa is going to be on this team. Wolf will. That's eight. 
and and now you got guys that have been playing really well like Harris English, Daniel Berger, um, Finau really was solid. Huge question mark is is Patrick Reed. I mean, we know what he's done in past Ryder Cups. However, the last Ryder Cup, he was a huge distraction and really caused you know sort of a chasm uh, on this team. I can't wait to see what happens with him. And even guys down the list that young guys that I think are going to be on many teams, a guy like Scotty Scheffler, who's in 21st right now, I think he's going to, um, you know, you know, keep rising. Um, and remember, I think this was like 2016. You remember when Phil Mickelson said who was going to be the heart and soul of the Ryder Cup for the American team for the next 10, 10 years? It, it, it is escaping me now, Phil. Who, who was Mickelson's pick? Well, that was Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, unless something miraculous happens, is not going to be on this team. He's 33rd in standings. Um, so there's going to be a ton of movement. But, I mean, I think you could almost circ- you could circle or pencil in eight, nine guys as sure things, whether they make it on points or they're going to be a pick. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, let's real quick backtrack to Jordan Spieth. I don't know if you heard the news. Um, went out and had Butch Harmon take a look at him to see if, uh, you know, the, the way it was phrased, he wanted to be sure that, that him and Cameron McCormick were on the right path. But, you know, I think, I think it's a really smart move on Jordan Spieth's part. I mean, again, we talked about how we could go on and on for Bryson, you know, about Bryson. I think the same could be said for Jordan Spieth. And, you know, there, there's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of opinions and takes on Spieth out there right now. But I think this one, it caught my interest a little bit because, you know, for the first time, um, you know, now I, I don't want to say he's doubting himself, but obviously he's seen these results. And, and you know, um, as a competitive, you know, competitive player yourself, if if you're not buying into what you're doing, um, you know, it can really, really kind of throw off your frame of mind. So I thought it was pretty mature on Jordan's piece part, you know, to go get that second opinion from Butch Harmon. So who knows? I think, look, the only, the only way, the only place Jordan Spieth can go this year is, is up in 21. And I think, uh, I think maybe just maybe this could get him on the right track, but it'll certainly be interesting to see, you know, the gains if, uh, if there are any. I was just discussing him last weekend or last week's pod with Johnny about how, I'm rooting for him now. The comeback story is great. I feel like this is close to rock bottom with him. Uh, so aligning with Butch would, would be a really interesting strategic play, and I, I don't think it can hurt him at this point because he seems as lost as ever and his confidence is probably as low as it's ever been. Um, can't wait to see what Spieth does, and uh, I love the Ryder Cup, so I'll be monitoring this all year, as I'm sure you will be. I know you're a big fan of it as well. Um, Mark, as we've gone a little long here talking about, you know, the last few items here, um, I want to talk about the Sony Open and, and kind of just give an overview of who we like this weekend as far as from a betting angle or, um, you know, who we just think might contend on this golf course. Uh, so th- this uh, this course is vastly different than what we saw in um, at, the, at the Century where it that is just a longer course. Of course, it doesn't play as long as the listed yard is due to elevation. But uh, this is 
a lot flatter, and it's on uh, Wildlife. It's a par 70. It's only just over 7,000 yards, so it's a very short course. Um, Bermuda greens, and it really favors guys that are solid iron players, and um, you know it's really small greens, so you got to have guys that are good, good getting the ball up and down, good putters. Guys like Cameron Smith, who won last year, um, who he's not necessarily the best ball striker in the world, but he's got he's a wizard around the greens, as we saw at Augusta. Um, guys that have done well here. Similar type games, Matt Kuchar, Zach Johnson, um, Jimmy Walker's won a couple here. Uh, Webb hasn't won here, but Webb has finished in the top five the last two uh, two years here. He is the betting favorite. Um, but I also saw a stat here, uh, Mark, that the percentage of strokes gained putting is much higher or here than other events, or at least it favors guys that have a higher percentage of strokes game putting than, than other events. So good putters good usually do well here. Um, so Webb's going off at plus 1,200. Um, and it, there's really nothing not to like with Webb. I know last week didn't favor him, but this is this is sort of a right in his wheelhouse. Um, he's great on Bermuda greens, and it's a shorter golf course, and he's he's got course history. Um, it's a small number. Uh, Harris English, who won last week, he's at plus 1,300. you got Berger, Morikawa, and Sanjay right behind him. Those are the top five. Of, of, of those top guys, is there anyone that you like more than the other? Yeah, you know, Phil, the, there is. I think that going back quickly to sort of your breakdown, you know, what what profile does, does Wildlife Country Club fit? I think it's interesting. I read a stat today that uh, I think more greens and regulation are hit hit at Wiley. The percentage is like 66%, um, which, which kind of goes goes away from uh, what what you find off the tee, right? I mean, obviously, tough fairways to hit, narrow fairways. Typically, the wind will blow here, but but just being so short, you know, guys are hitting wedges into the green. So, um, you know, look at putting, as you alluded to, um, you know, guys that guys that can roll it. Uh, certainly, Harris English. You know, if, if you can make a as good of an argument for for English than you can anyone, obviously hitting the ball um, accurately. I, I think it is. I think it is a totally different mindset. You know, the visuals off the tees um, are so much different around Wiley compared to the the big ballpark that that the guys just played last week. Um, you know, look looking at the list, I think I think Cameron Smith's a good a good pick. Obviously, um, winner here last year, 2019. Didn't um, you didn't mention him? I, I really like Kevin Kisner this week. Um, you know, sort of a, a course that that favors Kisner's game, where you know he's not going to be um, you know outdriven to uh, to to a narrow loss. I mean, if if Kisner can get the putter going. I look at a guy like Kisner, of course Webb Simpson. I mean, he he's going to be there. Um, uh, if you if you pin me down though, my pick to win is Colin Morikawa, and I think uh, obviously in good enough form. You know, played played really well last week. Uh, finished tied for 21st here at the Sony last year in his debut. You know, Morikawa is my pick. I think we're going to get into the dark horses here, but. Uh, 
you know, certainly, certainly a very talented field. Um, and and I, I like these events, you know, it sort of reminds me of a tournament like, like the RBC Heritage at Harbortown. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather watch a golf tournament on a course like this where, <laughs> you know, this, this is kind of a, um, you know, not, not a popular opinion right now. I think certainly with where the game's trending and, and the Bryson DeChambeau's of the world hitting the ball 350 yards, but I, I still like a golf course that um, really kind of puts, puts all aspects of your game under, under a microscope like, like Sony. You know, we've seen, we've seen Justin Thomas win here a couple of years back. He shot 27 under, and then Cam Smith, obviously different conditions last year, shoots 11 under to win, but uh, I, I think all, all things being equal, Colin Morikawa is my pick to, uh, to get it done this week. Listen, Morikawa is never going to be a bad pick because he's one probably between him and JT, he, he's either the best or the second best iron player on tour right now. And uh, this is this is a course that favors that. I I was concerned last week watching his putting, um, and, and in this field in the last thirty six rounds, he's out of the top one hundred in strokes gained putting. That's that's a little bit of a concern. He missed a lot of 10, 12 footers on Sunday or, or inside of that range. Um, I, I think, based on the value, I'm going to take a pass on Morikawa. I am going to take a chance on a guy that's right near him in the odds. That's Sunjay M at plus eighteen fifty right now. Sunjay was uh, he was first in strokes gained approach last week. Um, of course, he's a guy that it's it's a he. He goes hot and cold with the putter as well, um, but I think this guy, he he won on the course last year at Honda, and uh, you know Palm Beach Gardens. That's at least in a similar profile as as far as you, you got to strike the ball well, and it can get windy there. And we know that the winds can can be an issue in in Hawaii. So I like Sanjay this week. I love the Kisner pick at plus thirty three hundred. He has played well here in the past. Fits the profile. Um, and Mark, another guy that I think has, has at least win equity is Russell Henley at plus 3,500. Um, the numbers support him really solidly. He's in this field, the last 36 rounds, he's first in strokes gained approach of, of over anyone in this field. Um, been hitting his irons great the last couple months and he's a solid putter and he has played well here in the past. Um, if, if you want to go down the board at all a little bit, I mean, and I'm passing over guys like Joaquin Neiman, Abraham Hanser, who I also like in that range. Um, but Charles Howell, the, the third, Mark, at this golf course. Death taxes and Charles Howell, the third, at this golf course at plus 6,600. Um, he's finished in the top 10. I saw, I think, 10 out of the last 12 years at this tournament. That's insane. Um, if you don't like him for the win, you got value at plus 500 just for a top 10. Um, I love that. And I also love Sebastian Munoz at plus 6,600 as well. Um, he played last week and he, I think he shot 74, 75 the first round. And then he was 18 or 19 under the rest of the tournament after that. Um, so he comes in in good form. And Mark, there's also a stat out there that I think 12 of the last 13 winners of this tournament have played the century the week before. Um, so I am definitely looking at guys that played last week that, that might be, you know, that shook the rust off last week and 
they're kind of they're ready to go this week. So Munoz also qualifies for that. So those are my two bombs at plus sixty six hundred. Charles Howell the third and Mar- I'm sorry, Sebastian Munoz. Yeah, I love Charles Howell the uh, third. You know, I I think that um, obviously again, sort of looking looking at 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 Charles's game. You know, really again to to uh, use the hot button issue. I, I think fits the profile. Um, you know, old school, old school type player Munoz, I think winner here in 2015, if I'm not mistaking. So, um, you know, obviously it looks like, uh, you know, shook, shook the rust off on, on Thursday last week and then, and then sort of caught fire. Um, you know, kind of just to, to go along those lines, um, I'm going to throw a couple names at you, Phil, and tell me what you think. Now, these, these, these are kind of outlandish, but Aaron Baddeley, believe it or not. I know it's a name probably that no one has thought of, but I really love Baddeley. Unlike a top 20 bet here, um, you know, one of, one of the best putters for years and years. Now, you, one could argue kind of a terrible ball striker, and, and I think if, uh, um, you know, it all depends on how he drives the ball, but, but if there is a course that a guy like that can kind of make some money in, in securing his uh, FedEx Cup rank for the end of the year. I think I think a guy like Baddeley uh, kind of fits that top 20-ish profile. Um, another guy that I really, really like, two-time winner on the tour. Well, no, excuse me, one-time winner, but Peter Malnati. I don't know if you have a strong, strong feeling on Malnati. Have a gut feeling on him again. He's going to get some. Uh, he's going to get some action from me for top twenty, and then the last bet, um, the last guy that I like here. Hang on, Phil. Rory Sabatini. Here's why. Sabatini always seems to play himself into condi- contention early on in the year. I, I think, and and I really don't. You know, shame on me for not doing my homework. But I feel like Sabatini too has contended here in the past. Um, any, anything between Baddeley, Malnati, and Sabatini, if you had $20 burning a hole in your pocket, who, who are you going to go with there for a top 20? Anything? Or are you holding on to your money? Well, I never hold on to my money. I always spend it. So I would, of those three, I, I would definitely go with Peter Malnati. Uh, I, there, he had a really good fall and the, the, the analytics actually really like him this week. Um, uh, from what I've seen uh, as well, um, he checks out kind of, and the, the main the main boxes we're concerned with uh, with iron play and good putting. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think I see him at plus two. Let's see, plus twenty thousand. So uh, yeah, ten dollar bet would win you quite a bit of money on Malnati if he would win, and even a top ten, he's at plus fourteen hundred. Um, Mark, while we're down here in the bomb range, um, and, and it's a couple of guys that I, I saw as far as, you know, when I was doing the research earlier today, um, Brian Stewart also plus 25,000. He, he sort of fits the profile here. And, um, a guy I mentioned, I think I mentioned him at Mayakoba and he bombed, but again, the numbers really favor him for this type of course, and that's Wesley Bryan at plus forty thousand for a win, plus twenty eight hundred for a top ten. Um, I love this range because you find some guys with talent, and 
all they got to do is piece four rounds together. Even for a top ten, you get you get a huge number. Um, I see guys down here like Luke List, who I um, I have I have some weird obsession with Mark. I don't know what it is, but I, his his ball striking talent always draws me in. He's at plus thirty thousand, but I don't see him winning here. But there's always guys in this range that one of these guys is going to flash, and it's it's just trying to figure out who. And by the way, I didn't know Aaron Badley was. Uh, I didn't even know he was on tour anymore. <laughs> No, I, I think, yeah, yeah, Baddeley is on tour. I, I, I still think, I don't know, probably playing on, like, a major medical um, exemption, poor guy. But, uh, no, I think I think why I like, you know, I love looking at that place in the field because if, if look, if we put Golf Channel on or, or read the, the limited coverage from, uh, you know, Jason Sobel and guys like that in the national media, you know, everybody's going to talk about Webb Simpson and Colin Morikawa, but... The fact is, man, these fields are so loaded with talent, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, Wesley Bryan, uh, winner on tour, I think, and then has battled some injury issues. But, uh, you know, I mean, people people make, uh, especially, I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't say it's my best bet, but, you know, if guys, especially on golf, I mean, if you're going to make some money, um, you know, I, I think that people who are willing to um you know look kind of deeper in these fields i mean look at look at brian gay i mean when brian gay won last fall i i'm pretty sure he wasn't mentioned on any um you know betting podcast or preview show or power rankings leading up to that but you know brian gay um just just searching through here i mean harry higgs i mean i don't i don't know really anything about how harry higgs plays but but i know he's sort of in good form, knocking on the door. I mean, he's going he's gonna to break through and win an event at some point, right? So it's just a matter of, you know, I, I think for, for your listeners and then, you know, me and even you included, I think, you know, people that are willing to kind of do the homework and, and think outside the box. I mean, obviously, you know, smart money, of course, it's going to be up, up top. But if you look at, at some of these guys in, in these fields, um, I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's real value. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking serious value and, uh, I just think it's kind of fun to, to talk about those names that you might not hear, hear other places. No, absolutely. And, and I agree with you when you talked about preferring to watch an event like this at this type of course than a bombers course. And you mentioned Hilton head. That's actually one of my favorite tournaments to watch because there's real shots that you got to hit and you got to shape it both ways. And, um, you got to use strategy, and and that's what this kind of course is, and it brings a lot of different guys into play because of that, and that's why it's kind of cool because one of these guys, uh, you know, say three hundred to one, you know, might be in the mix come Sunday, and uh, it's it, it is hard to predict that obviously than than obviously the guys in the you know the top of the odds board, but um, it's it's a possibility and you you mentioned guys in the fall we saw you know we saw brian gay win and we saw uh robert streb win the rsm when mark i swear i thought he was on the corn ferry tour so i mean it, it happens so I, I see a guy like will gordon down here at plus thirty thousand. will gordon is potentially a future star uh on tour and he's super young and he's super raw but he's got a ton of talent um, so it could be the week that Will Gordon flashes. It's it's really hard to predict. Um, 
I'm going to make my, my best bet of the week, though, Sanjay M, to get his second tour victory, and I'll be placing a, a, a decent amount of my funds on that, and, uh, and I'll, I'll support it with the Kisner pick and Russell Henley as well. No, that uh, that that sounds great. I, I think Sung Jay's right there. You know, he's obviously a past winner, and if if, if that's your best bet, uh, I love it. I, I wish I could disagree, but but I don't. He'll he'll be there. Um, but uh, as as I alluded to earlier, I'm gonna. I, I think Colin Morikawa, um, you know, hit, hits it close enough to maybe overcome this bulky putter and I, th I think Morikawa is the one with the the trophy Sunday afternoon all right um last week Johnny and I we gave you some picks none were successful except the one that he gave you which was a it was a matchup parlay he gave out uh Xander Shoffley I believe it was over Hideki and he gave out Leishman over Stuart Sink parlay together that was at plus I think plus 180 um so that hit, uh, good call by Johnny. We had some guys, some guys in the mix, the mix, but they just came up a little short. Uh, so we'll, I'll get these on Instagram, and uh, we'll follow these picks, Mark and I's picks throughout the week. And uh, hopefully we got, we got some winners come Sunday. Mark, I appreciate you being on uh, once again. I think the only other golf show you were on for was the uh, – was the match preview, which is this is this is a far different animal than that. So um, I know this is your wheelhouse. So we'll definitely get you on again for uh, more golf discussion. Yeah, I appreciate it, Phil. I'm I'm fired up. First uh, first full field event, and uh, I I couldn't be more excited. So thanks for having me, and uh, best of luck to you this week. Your best bet pod on Instagram. Follow us there. We're getting more and more of our content going as far as our picks. Um, I, I gave you an update that we, we picked Joel uh, Embiid for MVP prior to the season um, at plus 4,000, and currently he's right around the plus 1,000 mark, so a huge start for Embiid to start the season. We gave that out. Let's see if he can keep that going and, and maybe parlay that into an MVP at the end of the year. Um, appreciate you all listening. Have a good week. We've got a couple more episodes coming up this week. And uh, we'll catch you next time.